0: Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Virtual Staff Room, a discussion with teachers about teaching with technology here in New South Wales public schools. My name is Lawrence Dirks, learning experience designer for the STEM T4L project, and today my guests are Megan Anderson, teacher and digital support officer for schools in the rural access gap, and Prue Bauer, Australian inventor, businesswoman and mum. Our conversation today is happening on the lands of the Gadigal people and I pay my respect to the traditional owners of this land and I respect the elders past, present and emerging. This conversation in many ways follows their traditions of storytelling and sharing knowledge. In today's conversation we're talking about a part of the STEM T4L aeroponics kit and New South Wales teachers can borrow that kit and learn more about it by visiting... T4L.link forward slash STEM. In our aeroponics kit, we've got an item called the air garden. And uh, the inventor of the air garden, Prue, is here with me. Prue, what's an
1: air garden? Great question, Lauren. And I think as we say (laughs) air garden... I always imagine what do people's minds think of or visualise but the air garden is a vertical garden which uses aeroponic technology which is just air and water to allow anyone to really easily grow their own fresh produce at um, anywhere at any time regardless of their um, experience levels. So the best thing about it is there is absolutely no dirt. It is a soilless system.
2: It's very exciting. So, Prue, as a teacher, now more than ever, we are feeling time pressure. In particular, making effective use of the time we've got with our students. What do you hope that teachers will be doing with the air garden?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Something we pondered a lot, I guess, when we were um, looking at well, there's synergy here, you know, between the air garden and you know, teaching, particularly around things, um, you know, like maths, science, literacy, and that understanding that yet, you know, like so many of us, teachers are so time poor. We really wanted to be able to, I guess, provide a vehicle or a solution that. Um, catered for kind of multiple outcomes and end results that was really easy to use um, and also easy to get results on because when we get those results, the engagement levels go up and then there's more ownership, I guess, and tangibility uh, of that. So that was really important to us. I've seen
0: teachers work with the air garden and um, I was so pleased to see, first of all, that we can all be successful. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't have to be green thumbs, do we, Megan, um, when it comes to being <laughs> successful in this. And uh, the kids are just so excited by it when they yeah. see it growing. And I've, I can see immediate connections with so many curriculum outcomes, mm-hmm. you know, everything yeah. in Living World and every time the syllabus mentions things like managed environments, you know, in our science K-6 syllabus, yep. um, the design thinking process. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of curriculum connections that I've seen. Megan, what types of lessons and activities um, have you seen um, happen with the air garden and how have you seen students respond?
2: Yeah, you are right and Prue is right. There are curriculum links everywhere across all KLA's and subject areas. I love seeing the the scientific method ones. So whether you have something growing in the air garden and something growing in the soil and you're having a little bit of an experiment, a controlled experiment to see which one's going to to grow the best or perhaps because you've got two air gardens you're testing different nutrient solutions which one's going to give you the most growth or maybe even what what could possibly affect the yield of fruit and you can see all the mass that's in, in you know involved in here in terms of measuring and collecting data and presenting that for an authentic audience you could use it culturally to grow native bush tucker I've actually been to visit a school that uh, were doing a project on careers and they spent the entire term learning about different careers. Groups were working on different careers for everything from the farm to the table. So we had the farmers, we had transport people, there were... um, food critics and chefs and wait staff and this school invited their entire community to their restaurant at the end as a showcase and you can imagine how engaging this was for the families and for the students presenting something learning for a real purpose for an authentic audience and everyone was given food so that makes everyone happy of course I guess it's really only limited by our imagination it sounds like
0: project-based learning, inquiry-based yeah. learning, these kinds of approaches work really well when you've got um, the air gardens or the aeroponics kit. Um, thanks, Megan. That's really that's fantastic to hear that. So many Excellent. different ways yeah, you can it. leverage this to inspire teaching and learning. Um, now, there's another really important set of goals here, Prue, I know that you had with the air mm. garden, and that was looking at um, the United Nations um, goals and the priorities that they've set out to address mm. some really critical issues yep. in our in in the world today, and our classrooms um, are places where where our young people are kind of being prepared to shape society. Um, and the UN goals are really um, ambitious; mm. they're lofty. Yeah. But gosh, we all want to work towards those yeah. goals. Prue, talk about how the air garden is so closely linked to some of those.
1: Yeah, good point. And I think, um, Lauren, do you make a good point there? They're, they're lofty goals. And I think we can look at that sometimes and go, well, I'm not going to be able to make a difference. But I always try to remember from little things, big things grow. Given that we work with growing, it's one that's easy for me to remember. But, um, you know, there's 17 of those goals. Uh, and whilst the air garden isn't the total or the panacea of solution, I believe that we can... ...go a long way to to trying to address um, some of those more critical ones with this vehicle. Um, The ones that I guess really leap out to me... ...and one that's pretty important to Tom and I is that Zero Hunger... Why shouldn't any child or anyone go hungry uh, in this abundant world that we have? Well, it was once abundant, but we've certainly done a good job at uh, doing some damage to the planet. Um, I think that good health and well-being, which is the third SDG, is something that we we play pretty heavily into or feel that we connect with um, in the sense that we're producing very, very clean, um, a highly nutritional nutritionally dense food um, that's pretty fresh so we think we can have a good impact there I think by working with organisations like yourself we can start looking at that quality education piece because these are not problems that are going to be solved overnight it's going to take time so um, by starting, you know, when, when our kids are young and really growing those young minds and educating them, then they will stand better equipped to continue the ongoing work that's going to be required to solve these problems. I mean, there's so many in those 17 SDGs, but I think um, particularly for us at Airgarden, the ones that we feel we more closely um, align to are those zero hungers, their health and wellbeing, um, education, but also responsible... Consumption and production. Because I think the way that, that we're producing uh, and consuming currently in our food system is pretty broken and it's certainly causing a lot of damage to both people and planet. And we say that, you know, Air Garden is all about people and planet.
2: Absolutely. I think as a teacher, the combination of the air garden and the classroom is just the perfect platform for teaching sustainability. So first of all, to achieve these UN goals, the whole world needs to be involved. And teachers have got the means as as a group to get to a massive audience. And well, let's be honest, sometimes they're listening to us. (laughs) And we we need to teach students what sustainability is, what it looks like, how we can work together to achieve it. And we need to teach students to value their their environment um, and value it higher than profit. And I think secondly we need to provide opportunities for students to solve real-world problems. Design thinking is one of my absolute favourite things to teach and in these lessons I'm just a facilitator. I don't know what the end product's going to look like and i found that kids are the most creative people I've ever worked with because they're not limited. Mm-hmm. They, they don't, they don't uh, believe in limitations yeah. like adults do and I have seen students as young as year one coming up with the most incredible things and just ideas, you know yeah. just, just as a facility just giving by giving them the model that they need to do this
0: do you want to talk a little bit more about um about a particular example i know that you and i have talked before about kids solving problems because i really want to encourage teachers to give kids the opportunity to solve problems and think about yeah. solving problems tell us a little bit about one of the things that you- that you did.
2: Yeah, um, and this is much more on the design thinking side of things yeah. than, than the aeroponics side of things. But we, I, I was working with a group of girls and after a little bit of research I found out that girls are motivated by empathy. They're, they're very good at feeling how an audience would feel. And we decided to do a community project and we, we went to the preschool next door to our school and the girls walked around with their little notepads and started jotting down potential problems that they could see for the for the kids. And then we came back and we did some brainstorming and broke into groups and they all worked on a solution for these problems. And they followed the design thinking process, which was you know, make a prototype and then um, evaluate it. Then they 3D printed their results and evaluated it and tested it out. And one, just one, there were quite a few, but one remarkable invention was the girls had seen... Uh, some students pushing down the sunscreen all the way down and getting a whole handful of sunscreen which was way too much for their little faces and you know the kids were walking around like snowmen and (laughs) the girls thought well this can't happen, we're going to get a solution for this and they actually worked on a prototype and then 3D printed and tested over and over again this little ring that went over the pump so the pump couldn't be pushed down as far as it was being pushed before and it worked and it was amazing, it was amazing (laughs) for everyone, it was amazing for us, it was amazing for the students. it was amazing for all of the teachers as well. These preschool kids who are coming to our school in the next year or two were excited about coming to school too. It just had so many different areas of you know, benefit.
0: So our young people really can look at those um, United Nations goals for sustainable yeah. development and see we have a challenge. Because young people can meet the challenge and having the air garden as a tool yeah. to meet the challenge is totally within the scope of what young people can, can embrace and, and, uh, and get on board with. Absolutely. Megan, Absolutely. thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you Prue Pleasure. Uh, for sharing uh, some of the ideas and insights around air garden and how teachers can work with the air garden and take advantage of it in the schools. There's lots more information about the air garden and the aeroponics kit from the STEM T4L program at t4l.link forward slash STEM.